Howdy Parkrunners and welcome to episode 349 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast, a podcast about life, if your life's all about parkrun. I'm Toc and I'm coming to you from Bunurong country and today I'm joined by Mel. How are you, Mel? Oh, I'm Mel and I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country. You're changing the format, you cheeky thing. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Talk? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I haven't had a chance to thank you publicly for Lego Mel, and I haven't talked about Lego Mel on the pod yet. Oh, yeah, no, it was a, a little cool thing we found in in Copenhagen, Mel. Was it actually from like Lego headquarters? Is that is that where Lego originates, or no? I don't think so. No, there was a a Lego shop. Apparently, there's only four of them in the world where you can print special stuff onto your little lego figurines and we found one of them and we made a little lego mel oh i loved her she's my avatar now for my um profile pictures <laughs> and you said you were going to sh- send me a photo of lego tony and i haven't seen it yet oh it's it it's in the mail i reckon it's on ollie's desk under a post-it note oh well that explains a lot <laughs> Goodness me, how has your month been? Because it's a month since I spoke to you. My month has been really good. We have been doing, getting a little bit of touristing in, a little bit of touring around. Um, we did catch up only two weeks ago, Mel. We park run together two weeks ago at Diamond Creek. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> so we've we've had the um, the mid mid month run together, but um, yeah, we've been all over the shop since we. We last um, caught up on the podcast. I know we've been up to Kilmore, to Diamond Creek, to Tlangata, and this week we were down at Rosebud. Went down and enjoyed a little bit of seaside action, um, very much like Inverloch, Rosebud. You run along the beach, you run on a bit of boardwalk, narrow path in a couple of spots, and, Mel, it was gorgeous and sunny. Ah, well, you bring the sunshine, don't you, Tony? <laughs> I like to claim that when it rains, I blame someone else. You just say it's it's um, the sunshine's above the clouds, isn't that the, uh, the go-to? It. It's always sunny. Sometimes it's above the clouds. <laughs> Most of the time it's below the clouds. And so what future rosebud? Well, I thought it was going to be my volunteer alphabet completion. We booked it in. We booked in to be park walkers, thinking that we would uh, complete the volunteer alphabet. And about a week before we went down there, I was looking through one of my many spreadsheets and realised I still have J to go as well. So we had the R and the J. So we've now got our R on our volunteer alphabet, just the J to go. And do you have something in your sights or are you keeping it under wraps? Look, I think we will probably end up at Jerobombera because I like hills Um, (laughs) and Given that we're almost statesmen again in Victoria, it's probably going to be one of the closest Nendi events for me. So it's only, what, seven hours drive? So it's, it's almost close. And I think you mean greatsmen. Greatsmen, of course, <laughs> because we are the greatest state, aren't we? Yeah, I know. We are, absolutely. Don't let anybody tell you any different. So, yeah, no, look, our, our parkrun day, though, we... Gorgeous sunshine down there. We actually went out on the pier after Parker. It's just beautiful. But we had the pleasure of meeting a lovely young lady from Ireland who came to Australia. Um, 
She hadn't been down in Melbourne all that long. She's just started a new job. And she turned up for her first ever park run. Her family are park runners in Ireland and they've been asking her to go to park run for a really long time. And Deidre decided to turn up at Rosebud on Saturday. So we had a great little park run, a great chat beforehand. And then we went and had coffee and breakfast with her afterwards. Did you tell her you're famous over um, in that side <laughs> of the world? No, 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 not famous. Just, just a random. <laughs> so, no, look, it was really good. Her, her family's from uh, Limerick, and it was one of the towns that we actually didn't go through. We actually bypassed Limerick on the way to somewhere else. So, oh, we won't tell her. We didn't go to that park run. Fair enough. Mel, tell us about your park run day. How was your day? It was uh, very enjoyable. I travelled to Ballina Coast Park Run in New South Wales for event 264, along with 124 other park runners, including, as mentioned last week, fellow greatsman Martin Barrett. Thanks to a recent airfare sale, adventurer Dawn Branton also shared the flight with us, becoming Uber Dawn once we landed, although Dawn had her sights set further afield, having already visited Ballina previously. I recorded audio with the effervescent RD Teddy after the event. So you'll hear that a little bit later on, including the correct pronunciation of the Aboriginal lands, which I will happily leave to the expert. Where is Ballina, Mel? I'm glad you asked, Toc. Ballina is in the Northern River region of New South Wales and is actually closer to Brisbane than Sydney by about 550 kilometres and only 20 kilometres south of Australia's most eastern point, Cape Byron. The event itself runs along the water's edge in both directions, much like Rosebud, Tony, and is mostly flat aside from a short rise as you run back past the start-finish area and up onto the Missingham Bridge. There are toilets available with playgrounds, a skate park and parking all on offer in the immediate area. The area is also well known for its dolphin and whale sightings and yes, we were lucky enough to spot some dolphins after the event, although not quick enough to snap a picture as they headed further up the Richmond River. Our trip to Ballina, despite being fleeting, also afforded us an opportunity to visit the Big Prawn, which sits proudly aside Bunnings just a short walk up the road. We did reference this big thing in previous pods when we were compiling our parkrun big thing travel list, and Martin and I were not going to miss an opportunity for a selfie and a picture for scale to tick off our bingo card. The Big Prawn has quite an interesting history. It was first constructed in 1989 to honour the local prawning industry and draw travellers to its service station business. Originally, the prawn was tailless and sat atop a building with visitors able to climb up a spiral staircase inside and look out a viewing platform inside its head. Sadly, in 2009, it was marked for demolition. There was a public outcry to save the monument and warehouse giant Bunnings came to the rescue with a $400,000 makeover, which included a fresh coat of paint and a tail. It was then moved to its current location, next to Bunnings, and raised up on poles to allow for its new addition, and it now stands nine metres tall, although sadly you can no longer climb up inside. Weighing approximately 35 tonnes, it is also recognised by holding the title of world's largest artificial prawn. Yes, there is such a thing. Due to the nature of our overnight trip, we enjoyed lunch at the RSL before being collected again by Uber Dawn for our return home, but not without our heads filled with with plans for return trips to explore more of that beautiful part of northern New South Wales. 
That whole area up there, Mel, certainly um, does look very beautiful. It is from what we saw of it, but we didn't have transport apart from Uberdon's help to and from the airport. But there is, by all accounts, a lot more to see and do. And that's what I love about parkrun tourism, Talk is that you can go up, you can get a cheap flight, you can go up and it's like a little scouting expedition and you can get sort of the lay of the land and, oh, yeah, okay, so there's this public transport and there's that that far away and, and then you can come home and you can sort of put the plans in action to return, knowing a bit more about what you need to do and how to get around once you're there. Does that make sense? It does, and there's some pretty um, pretty cool little ones along that coastal strip up there. You know, really, Yamba's just south of Ballina, and that's one that's really on my radar. I really love the, um, yeah, thought of going to some of these coastal, as you know, I live on the beach. I uh, love visiting the coastal park runs. Well, funnily enough, that's where Uber Dawn went. She went off to Yamba and she said it was only about an hour's drive. So she had the hire car, which was easily obtained from the airport. And, uh, yeah. And, and the airport airport for reference is right, almost right in Bellina, So It is. It's less than 5K walk. And that had been our original plan before we knew Dawn was going to be on the flight and offer us a lift. It was just to walk out of the airport. And I noticed as we were driving out, there was a footpath. So it would have all been completely possible for those adventurers out there that wish to do such things and gives you opportunity at this time of the uh, year to combine a a streak for streaky september with your uh, park run absolutely and we did have that conversation because we were debating whether or not we were going to once we knew we didn't have to walk out of the airport then it was well do we walk to the big prawn friday night or do we walk down and do a a bit of a recce for the park run start line. So we did the park run start line. So we knew where we were going in the morning because also Ballina is a 7am start in New South Wales. So we had to be up pretty early for our walk, which was just shy of two uh, k's down to the start point. Okay, so is that a 7am start because of it's getting up towards Queensland or is it a local... Local reason for it to be a seven o'clock start? I actually don't know. I, I didn't ask that question. Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> but I would assume it's maybe, I don't know, where does the parallel go through? I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually just looking at Lismore, which is just slightly to the west of Ballina, and they're also a 7 a.m. start. So I guess once you're up in the northern um, parts of New South Wales, you're close enough to Queensland that it does get pretty warm in summer. Yeah, I'd say that is the reason behind it. Yep, cool. Yeah, but um, we've had some late um, news brought to our attention, Tony, and it also relates to big things. And this time, uh, my dear co-host has uh, left us a little note in our show notes, show notes, in our show notes, that would be Ollie, to draw our attention to an Australia Post coin set that's been released. Well, we don't really know when but it was announced today i believe yeah mel the the coin set's really interesting and i actually reckon they've jumped on the back of streaky september with a couple of their items in there (laughs) they do seem to have now this is the one dollar it is a one dollar coin set and the um australia post site says it celebrates the nation's love affair with outsized sculptures it will be available for purchase online or in store from Monday. There you go. 
as part of collecting month. So, oh, it's collecting month as well. So you can have an eye out for collecting the big coins. Maybe, oh, hang on, I'm, I'm going to put a pin in that. I'll come back to that thought. Now, the coins will cost $3 each though. <laughs> so yeah, $3 each or $29 for a set. But some of the, the iconic attractions that are on the coins and i think most of these were on our big list from either early this year or last year when we had the big list going around mm-hmm. absolutely but a couple of the uh, really feature ones i guess uh the big pineapple um, and the big banana are two of the ones they're featured but they run right through a list now and should we go through the rest of them yeah yep yep go for it okay so we've got the Big koala, for those that are familiar with Dadswell's Bridge in Victoria. Uh, the big Tassie devil from Mole Creek in Tassie. Big blue healer from Musselbrook. Uh, the big jumping croc from Wackwack in the Northern Territory. The big lobster from Kingston. So we didn't quite get the big prawn there, but we've got no. the big lobster. <laughs> we have the giant ram from WA. The giant Murray cod from swan hill and there's there's a bit of a surprise last one here mel and i reckon they've picked (laughs) up our our streaky september and our swoopy september they've got the big swoop from canberra we did announce in the last month or so that uh, a victorian park run had a new big magpie Uh, that park run is euroa but i didn't i don't know that i really knew about the big swoop in canberra but that is Definitely going on my list to hunt down when I next go up that way. So the big swoop in Canberra, Mel, it's it's a gigantic magpie and I'm trying to find its size, but it doesn't actually tell me on where I'm looking. But it's actually pinched a chip. So it's a giant magpie eating a hot chip. Yes. So, yeah, no, there's um, quite a few of the... The coins, they're really well graphically illustrated. I'm just having a look through them, and I'm certainly going to try and collect a couple of these. Not too sure about the giant koala, because for those that go past there at a, <laughs> a night, the giant koala in Victoria has glowing red eyes. I'm yet to see a koala that looks that scary. It, maybe he's a drop bear. He must be a drop <laughs> bear, yeah. He's an odd-looking koala. He's not exactly a cute, fluffy-looking koala. But he's quite iconic, and you do pass him if you are driving from Melbourne to uh, Adelaide because it's en route. It is, Mel. Yeah, so there, there's quite a collection there. There's also a stamp collection come out with a few different items as well. But, uh, yeah, look, it really fits in with our our big collection. It does, and that leads us into talking about Streaky September. That's a bit of a tenuous link, but... Magpies swooping September, streaky September. <laughs> um, now we have a bingo card to explain about as well. Now uh, it was released a few days ago in time for the 1st of September and Ollie's done a great job as usual, most of the things we have talked about, but we're going to go through them again. So do you want to do the top line talk? Yeah, look, Mel, I'll just preface it by saying that there's there's 16 items on the the bingo card and you'll notice that there's a number of stars on them and they're items that'll be revealed and different challenges as the month goes through rather than having everything straight up front and people rushing around trying to get bingo in two days at the start of the month um, the 
one of the great things about the bingo card is it's designed to get you out and looking for things and keeping you active for the month. So I'll start with the top line. The top line, the first square is a star, so it's yet to be revealed. Uh, the second one is a rainbow. One of the great things about our streaky cards and bingo is you can make of this what you like. And we really encourage people to post into the streaky September group, or in this case, the streaky Sepmoeba group. <laughs> um, the rainbow. <laughs> the rainbow, for example, I've posted a picture of the Aurora that I saw the other night. So we were lucky enough to be out of a night. Um, got some really great photos of an aurora. I reckon that's close enough to a rainbow. That doesn't have to be a traditional rainbow. It can be whatever you want to interpret as a rainbow. Yes, I saw a picture of somebody with some um, multicoloured steps, I believe. I don't know if it was Heather. Anyway, um, yeah, they were rainbow coloured, heading heading skyward, so that was a good interpretation. But, yeah, it could be some chalk on the ground, could be somebody wearing something rainbow-coloured, definitely. Yeah, it's great to, great to think a little bit different, a little bit outside the box and try to come up with something a little bit different. And as I said, we encourage people to share it into the streaky Sepmoeba group. <laughs> my third one is another star, so another one yet to be revealed. And my fourth one is create a challenge. Now, Mel, Create a challenge. Once again, you can interpret it. You know, it could be a challenge on the 5K app where you nominate a number of places or a, a word. It can be a whole heap of things. It can be even just challenges yourself to maybe extend your walks or runs a little bit each day or whatever activity you want to choose to do. So it can be anything that you decide is a challenge and just to try and uh, push yourself a little bit for the month. Absolutely. Like my three Ks a day instead of two Ks. Exactly. I'm actually going to allow myself, I've got a caveat on my three Ks a day because today is a day where I didn't have a chance to do the full three K before we started recording. So I'm going to be going out after the recording to do a second activity so that for the total for the day we'll come to three K. Excellent. The second row that uh, on the bingo card starts with streaky Strava art. We have this every year and the idea behind that is uh, assuming you do use Strava or it also probably could be a Garmin trace as well from your Garmin if you have that as well. Um, but, yeah, make a picture. Do a drawing with your activity so that the trace of the map is a recognisable object. Um, the second one is here on the bingo card for the intern who wanted some elevation in preparation for the panorama punish. So it is an uphill streak. See how much vert you can get in your streak and tick that one off. Maybe, you know, if you want to actually feel like it's a bit of a challenge, you might want to improve on your best ever vert, find somewhere really steep to um, level up in that way. But anyway... And now you could even do something as simple as going up and down a hill because if you if you take that as a streak uphill and you just keep going away, you can end up a long way away from home. So <laughs> and perhaps we could do some up and downs as well. Correct. That's a good plan. Now the next one was try a new volley roll. Now I know this has been a little bit contentious for some people who have got all the volley rolls 
that are available, bar some that may be a little bit more difficult. Is that right, Talk? Yeah, Mel, this, this is a particularly challenging one. And the, the office lady's actually thrown me a, a lifeline with this one in some respects. Uh, I have all the volley roles that are available, except for one. I don't have the Auslan interpreter role. And apparently there's a new syllabus come out in the New South Wales education system where <laughs> you can do a fast course in Auslan or – and I'm thinking, do I have time in four weeks to actually learn how to do Auslan so I can do some signing at a park run and achieve this one? This is going to be a very difficult role to do in a month. Yes, well, we probably didn't put that much thought into um, putting this one on the – I think it's more for people who have had a reluctance to try something new and haven't done very many volunteer roles. It's it's there to try to encourage you to be brave and try something different. But for those people who have done a plethora of different roles already like yourself Tony maybe there's a different way you can volunteer maybe maybe you need to um I I think I need to find something that's really different and so I can do something like the other role again Uh, something that's not one of the mainstream roles but try and be a little bit creative with something like that but I I agree it's a really great one for people to try and look for things like you you might be scared to try timekeeping or scanning or photography photography seems to be one that people are really scared of taking photos for some reason but people love having their picture taken so it's actually quite an enjoyable role when you see the reaction you get from people with it so I'd encourage people to go out and Yeah, try some of those different roles. Or I could even suggest that if you weren't actually trying a new volley role, maybe try a new volley location. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, maybe you could help out a another park run nearby. That's all. Oh, you might see them every week calling for volunteers and um, always struggling to fill their roster. So maybe you can help them out um, and just yeah, go somewhere new to volunteer. Yep, that's an excellent idea, Mel. That's really great. Oh, thank you. And my fourth square on my line is another star yet to be revealed. And funny enough, Mel, I start my next line and I start with a star. So (laughs) there's a lot of ones still to be revealed on this bingo card. The next one I have is Now That's a Garden. Once again, open to interpretation. You may come across a, a front yard that's just exceptional as you're running around. My idea of a garden, I have a, uh, on one of my trail runs, I have a little place and it's a a trail called Secret Garden. And about halfway along it, there's a little fairy garden. This is right out in the bush, miles from anywhere. There's a little fairy garden out there. And I think I'm going to try to get a photo of that on my next run out there. I like that idea. That is good. Yeah, don't be too creepy. Don't be um, don't be taking fo- too many photos of people's houses if they, you know, I don't know, <laughs> don't want to be upsetting people. But I'm assuming that if people have a pretty amazing front garden that they wouldn't mind having its photo taken. Hey, Mel, you could, you could do something like, you know, head towards Benalla, for example, you know, the botanic, Benalla Botanic Gardens where the park run actually runs through the botanical gardens. You know, there's quite a few park runs that do that. You know, you get a little bit creative with that. Mm-hmm. Now, my next, third square is another star. So that's yet to be revealed. And my fourth square is a cat in a window. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this one came from a couple of people, Mel, and it's trying to take a picture of a cat in a window. Is that correct? Window kitty. That's what Jeff Glarb said, window kitty. Um, yeah. So while you're out running or walking around your local streets, if you spot a friendly feline, it doesn't have to be inside the window. Maybe it could just be in the front garden. But, yeah, just uh, celebrating our furry friends. And once again, you can take that and, yeah, you might be going past a, a, a toy shop, for example, and there could be a toy kitten in the, the window sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't have to be strictly as per the the picture. Absolutely. Yeah, you could go past a clothing store with it. There could be an item of clothing with a cat on it. So, yeah, see how we go with that. Um, now, the last line starts off with a square. Now, it's got a picture of a horizontal black line and then underneath that it says for scale. And the idea of this is getting a photo near something interesting. doesn't have to be necessarily large, just maybe just something of interest, using something in the photo to indicate its scale. So that could be by holding an um, item like a banana that everybody knows the size of a banana, or you could put a coin. Haha, you could find one of your $1 coins and you could put that next to it for scale, or you could stand next to it like our friend Peter Pullman is known to do. Our second square in the last line is a star yet to be revealed. The third square is sign them up. And that is our little appeal to try to increase our adventurer numbers for our Parkrun Club. Over the month of September, we had a little goal to hopefully get up to 500 in our membership. And so if you know somebody that is an adventurer that goes around and enjoys adventuring, maybe they're even a listener, but they haven't yet signed up to the Adventurous Club, maybe they'd like to, maybe give them a little nudge. And I think September's an ideal time to get them involved. And yeah, with some of the things going on, it'd be great to see a few extra people sign up. Yes. And then the last one is our re-index and event. Now, we I specifically had a question about this one asking to remind what this was about. Now, the re-index is the total number of events that you have done more than one time. So for me, I've been back to park runs on more than one occasion, 49 times. So I think that's 49. I think my number is 49. Do you know what yours is, Tony? Mine's now 23, Mel, I believe. Yeah, after Rosebud on the weekend, it was another visit back to Rosebud. So, yeah, I've actually um, done the re-index, I think, this weekend. But so if you're on 23, for example, you go back to an event on Saturday that you've only ever done once before and do that for a second time, then you will increase your re-index to 24. And there's lots of fantastic events out there and some of us do get you know, into that mode of having to go somewhere new each week. And sometimes it's going to be nice just to not travel and go somewhere a little bit closer. But in our case, to re-index is probably still going to be hour and a half. (laughs) And if you want to be um, a little bit strategic, have a look at all the events you've done once. Find one that you um, maybe you weren't able to run it. Maybe something on the day meant that you had to walk that particular day. Or if you, I don't know, you might have been chatting to a friend as you were running and you didn't run as fast as you could normally. Anyway, there might be a reason you can go down and improve on your time. So you could get a PB and that would be even better. (laughs) 
And you can even combine it with other challenges. You can uh, improve your Wilson index or... Oh, good point. You, know, you can start looking at it as potentially somewhere for your P index. Ah, yeah. Start building those ones close to home. Plenty of opportunity out there. And there's plenty of great park runs. There is, yes. Now, we have to suggest a level up one for next week's bingo card, Tony. Have you got any ideas? I've been trying to think of something. And my, my, my head just keeps coming back to these big things. And I'm trying to work out how I can get a swoopy into a bingo card without encouraging people to go out like you did a couple of years ago and get an <laughs> awesome photo of a magpie about to take the top of your head off. I've <laughs> done that more than once. Um, yeah, how could we? How? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We've had some really good ones over the years. and A selfie with a magpie? They're not all swoopy. No, there's a lot of friendly ones. We quite often talk to our magpies in our street and they don't swoop us at all. Hmm. So I think there's something in that. Yeah, and Collingwood's in the grand Collingwood's in the finals, Tony. So hang there's on, gonna hang be on. The Collingwood's not in the grand final no, yet. No, I know, I corrected myself. <laughs> Let's not jump the gun there. I corrected well they will be, but anyway. And Ollie's barracking for them now too, so he'll be on board. He'll like this idea, I know he will. And so maybe you don't have to have actual magpie, maybe you could get a magpie supporter. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know oh. it's a good idea. We'll go with that one. Go with that one. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. I think we've been – oh, my God, Tony, our intro's been half an hour. Anyway, that's okay. Uh, now <laughs> let's go to the roving reports. Okay, I'm at the finish line here and I've got today's RD, Teddy. Good morning, Teddy. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being RD today. You gave a really good briefing. Uh, have you been RD here for long? Uh, I have. I've been, goodness, I've been involved in the event since it began, but only really started volunteering a bunch in probably the last two or three years. And I'm actually about to be the co-ED of the event. You heard it here first. That's exciting. How long yes. has Bell and a Coast been going for? We celebrated our sixth birthday in May. Rightio. And would you like to give us a course description? Oh, goodness. Um, sure. I'm terrible at this, but I will do my best. So we're on the the mouth of the river. You get some river views, some ocean views. There's some lovely rock wall in the midst of it. It's all on paved paths. It's a super lovely course. Everyone and it's should a, get here. out and back in two directions. It is, yeah. So it's not quite laps, but it's, yeah, kind of out, back, out. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I always really struggle to explain it. I don't know why I've been, I've literally run it like 150 times and I still can't explain it. To now, others. I noticed you did give a shout out to the Aboriginal lands that we're running on and I'm not always good with pronunciation. So can you please give me a pronunciation? Oh, goodness. So this is actually a hotly contested thing here at Balance. Coast at the moment. One of our other RDs, Jason, has just told us we've been saying it wrong, but how I believe you say it is the Bungjalung Nation. Right, okay. Thank you very much. And as an added bonus, when you come to Bellina Coast, do you or do you not get to see dolphins? Oh, well, it depends when you're here, but at the moment, yes. It's funny enough that you're saying dolphins as I'm looking out to the view and looking at little dolphins cresting in the in the river. So oh, point them out to Martin, please. Oh, this! Oh my goodness! I actually quick, Martin, get photos. <laughs> Brilliant! What numbers do you usually get here? 
Uh, so we're very tourist driven. So obviously uh, where we're located uh, and with school holidays, it gets very uh, different depending on the season. So we get anywhere from roughly 100 to 250, depending on what time of the year it is. Okay. So if you come back in summer, everybody wants to be at Ballina Coast Park Run. Well, it's pretty special. I'm don't blame them for that. Now, your parkrun journey, did it start here? It did, yes. Okay. Have you touristed much yourself? Uh, not a whole bunch. I think my husband and I, when we pick places to go on holidays, it's generally where is there a parkrun. Um, so I think we've done maybe 10 or 15 tourist locations, but we tend to stay here quite a lot. Excellent. Okay, and if you could give tourists a tip on what's the main reason to come here and visit, what would you say? Oh, so this is with complete bias. We are one of the <laughs> friendliest park runs in Australia, hand on heart. I believe that to be absolutely true. And also that view. You, can't, you just can't beat that view. If you want a friendly chat and a beautiful view, we are the choice for you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for volunteering. No worries, my pleasure. Excellent. Hi Parkrun Adventurers, this is Bill O coming to you from Yakandanda Rail Trail Parkrun. Today uh, at Parkrun we had some special visitors that have come to us uh, from Wildflowers Parkrun in Sydney, which is their home course, and that is uh, Ian and Lydia. Now Ian, Ian is celebrating his 100th different Parkrun event location today in Yakandanda, and it was actually a privilege to have both him and Lydia, who jumped on board as our tail walker volunteer. Um, what also makes them special and, and to have them as a part of today, both of them are actually deaf. So they have brought Naomi as their Auslan interpreter, uh, who's based out of Wodonga here, and they've just been sharing their parkrun journey with us. So without further ado, I'm going to ask some questions, and I'm going to get Naomi to obviously sign the... Um, questions and then she'll then obviously interpret their response. I'll first ask a question of Ian. Ian, how long have you been doing parkrun? I started back in 2016 in Parramatta. That was the parkrun that I, my first parkrun. And I remember meeting a lovely director who made us feel very welcome. He was a lovely man. We then dropped off participating and then some deaf friends told me about another park run at Rudy Hill. And they said there was quite a number of deaf people that participated, so we thought we'd give it a go. And then we found out the park runs that were being held around Sydney, so we got involved. And we found out deaf people that were getting involved as well, and we thought, oh, we thought it would be really nice to get involved and have that experience. It's better than staying at home, so we made our way out to these different park runs. We knew some of the people that were there. And we just thought it was a really good way to experience different areas of Sydney. And, for example, you know, we've come to Yakandanda today. It's such a beautiful place. We've done park runs at Broken Hill Racecourse. And we've just, there's so many different places that we've been to. 
And here on my phone, I'll just show you. That was one of the our most favourite runs. So that's that's mm. referring that to a photo of Lydia at Broken Hill Race Course. Yes, Lydia was there. That's right. That's a photo of her. That was one of our most favourite park runs that we've done. And we're heading to Western Australia next month, and we're looking forward to that because it's the first time that we will have visited Western Australia for a park run. So then you you'll become a member of the Peel Club. That's correct. Excellent. <laughs> it's under the University of Western Australia. And then the one after that will be, oh, Mount Clarence. And that's under Albany, just below, sits below Albany. And then the third run that we'll do there is a very difficult terrain. I've forgotten the name. No, I'm just that's okay. Look well, it up for you. While Anne's looking that up, what we'll do, we'll, I'll ask Lydia what, what's been her experience. When did Lydia get involved in park run? I started off with my husband in 2016. My first park run was at Parramatta. I really enjoy that and I've really enjoyed going out on different park runs. Uh, we've been on park runs all over Australia. I haven't done any overseas myself, um, but it's been really enjoyable. And I've really enjoyed the challenges of doing a park run and being involved in different clubs as well. And I want to keep doing parkrun. I, I enjoy being a volunteer. I enjoy participating. And I've already done 100 parkruns. So my next goal is 200. Hopefully I'll reach that. And Ian's speaking. The Monday Regional is another one. That's one of the most difficult parkruns in Australia. We want to participate in that one in WA. And what I'm really enjoying is that my wife has joined me on all these park runs. In the beginning, it was hard to get her motivated. She didn't really want to come. And we, in, while we're in Denmark, we weren't very far from the park run, under 15 minutes. And that was the first country that we went to out of Australia. Lydia said it was really cold. <laughs> it was freezing there, Ian said. And trying to get her out of bed was really hard to participate in that one. So I ended up just going on my own. It was on the East Coast. I've been to Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur as well. It's Taman, Kudu, Udu. And it's one of the most beautiful places to go for a park run. We got our accommodation there, breakfast there. <laughs> but Lydia didn't participate again in that one. I said, we're here to do the park run. <laughs> We had one that we did in England, and that's one Lydia did participate in. So the 
As you can see on the back of my shirt here, I've got five flags on my shirt. Really on the park run there's only four flags because the Malaysian park runs closed now. So we don't have that flag any longer, but I have it on my shirt because I participated in it and that's why I've got five flags on my shirt. I love experiencing parkrun. I love going to different places. And I'm really hoping that there's, a, there's another parkrun that they will do in Malaysia and I'm really hoping that we can participate in that. <laughs> and hopefully Lydia will be able to participate as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, the experience. Well, I've got to say, just listening to their story, I'm so inspired and just the energy and the happiness that both Ian and Lydia present, it's, they're, they're, it's a credit to them and it really, truly shows how um, diverse and how welcoming parkrun community is, is to everybody and it is inclusive, especially with people with disabilities. Of course, yes, I'm in agreement. And Lydia's saying, and having an interpreter present assists us so much. Ian's saying, and I'd like to just say thank you. There are some park runs like Rudy Hill and Parramatta. I have to express my appreciation to them, the way that they've welcomed the deaf community to participate in park run. That's awesome. Because of the way they're welcoming spirit, it's encouraged deaf people to participate in park run in other places. Because sometimes it can happen that when you have a disability or you're deaf, people will say, oh, you know, we haven't organised things, we're not sure what to do, but we found Parramatta and Rudy Hill were open to us straight away. Just to tell you one more thing, in January next year, the Australian Deaf Games are on, and they're in Newcastle, and there's going to be two park runs within that area. One in Newey, and one in Lake Macquarie. And they're run by different committees. So there's Lake Macquarie, a newie, and they're being sponsored. So just to note for everyone that January are the Deaf Games. I'm hoping that I can assist with the newie one. I can be a timekeeper with my wife. I know that they've asked me already to provide an information update in Oslin and we're hoping that more deaf people will participate in the park run at these games. And Lydia's just adding to the commentary. I think it's called Oslin X. There's a TED talk and it's just saying, it's called Auslan X and they've asked me to give a, a talk on Parkrun. So I'll be doing that next year. Oh wow, that'd be awesome. Look forward to looking, looking out for that. 
Now, I'd like to ask you both one final question. I'll ask you first, Ian. Can you tell me what your top three parkrun events that you've been to would be? To be fair to the other countries, I would have to say my first one was overseas and then the other two are in in Australia. So Taman Kudu, the one I mentioned earlier in Malaysia, I have to say that that was one of the most welcoming park runs that I've ever been involved in. Before we did the run, they took a group photo and that was the first time I've experienced that. Usually they do it at the end. That we got a Malaysian breakfast spread. My wife didn't get to experience breakfast because she didn't get up. <laughs> and then the other two, I would say, Gin Divine. That was uh, under the Gin Divine Sports and Recreation. Oh, so the second Center. one, not the original Gin Divine. That was my favourite. But they don't do it anymore. No. <laughs> and that's the same with Malaysia. My two top favourites no longer run. And my third, I would say, it's still running. I want to go back to it, would be Wild Rats. My spiritual home. My spirit park run. They have an interpreter there. It's her home run as well. And she interpreted for me. I had the interpreter with me explaining to me all the different sounds on my first run as a tail runner and I just have to express my appreciation for that and I know my wife loved it as well and right at the top they had a toilet as well which was really handy it was a really steep run to the top but then I would say they're my three top very good. How about you, Lydia? What would you say your top three would be? I would say wildflowers would be first. Ian's thing, but why? Why is it? I just love the terrain. It's similar to here in Yakandanda, the terrain. It's a beautiful bush run. And then my second one I would say would be St. Peter's. It's within Sydney, but it's a beautiful run. The terrain's beautiful. The views are astounding. And then my third run... Did you say 42? I remember with the St. Peter's one as well, there were many dogs. You could bring your dog. My third run, I would say, here, Yakindanda. I have to say, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful path. The bush... The sights, it was really beautiful. And Ian saying, we've got our interpreter and that. <laughs> and Lydia saying, there's also just, yeah, it was just a beautiful run. Being a small town. Ian's adding, yeah, it's the small town park runs are really beautiful. I really love the intimacy of them. And I just think anyone listening on the podcast, I would say, go for it. If you want to give it a go, go for it. Come and give Parkrun a try. Thank you very much. Look, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, Ian and Lydia, and sharing your Parkrun journey. 
Naomi, You're welcome. Thank you so much for interpreting for us. I went to down at Townsville last July, and my wife wanted to go on the river. We got to do the Charter Towers Park Run. It was a really small number of participants, but there was another park run that had quite a lot of participants. And I got eight on that park run. No, not missing the work. The Riverway one, that was my 164th run up there in Townsville. It was a really fun run though that we went on. Today's is the 21st and I'm hoping to get a sub five. That's my ultimate goal. <laughs> That's why I'm doing these park runs in the country. Uh, good job. Thank you very much, Ian and Lydia. So that's me, Bill O, signing off from Yakandanda. So thank you very much. Well, Mel, it was really great to hear your uh, report from Ballina Coast there. I um, really would love to head up that way up the coast. And we had Bill O's report there, Mel, from... Yakandanda uh, with Ian and Lydia. And it was interesting to hear about the Deaf Games coming up in Newcastle. And just jumping online, Mel, the Deaf Games, as well as having the competitive side, they also have a, a social and a cultural program. A very interesting seat park run actually comes up in that. Yes, that is great. They did mention that in the roving report. So Newcastle is the location, as you said, and it's in January 2024. And the two park run events, I think, talk that are involved is Nui and Lake Mac. That's correct. And they're, they're on the official program. So, yeah, no, that's very encouraging. I love to see that happening. We'll have to add that to our adventurers Word document listing the things to do month by month. Yep. In other news, Mel, we've got some mail. You've got mail. <laughs> and we had quite a long email come in from Andy Airy from the UK, and I thought I'd just give a quick pricey of it. Andy organises trips, uh, as we've spoken about before, and he's probably just given us a little bit of a history of how he started. Um, his local event actually got cancelled one week, so he hired a bus see how many people could get to go to Bushy and do a uh, trip. Turned out to be a fantastic day, and he started organising it. Andy actually does these free. He's not actually making any money. It's just organising park runners out. The recent trip they had to Ireland, to the, across to an island, to Innesmean, he spoke to the ferry company, and they said, no, we're not running over winter, not enough people. If you can get a thousand euros of ticket sales will go. So Andy actually bought all the tickets on the spot for the ferry and then put a message out on some Facebook groups asking who was interested. And he ended up with 3,000 messages and he actually fully sold out a couple of ferries. So he then organized the trip. They organized coaches, accommodation, and had a really great trip. They've done that a couple of times now. 
One of the things that they did when they went to the island, Mel, was the local shop actually asked if they could come back every week because they actually had a really good, uh, I guess, turnover for the day. The, the local pub actually tripled their staff and a couple of the local organisations actually put on different events like, you know, like the old sausage sizzle, but, you know, the Irish style of it. And they, so they had a really great day. But, yeah, no, just a, a quick recap on, you know, what Andy does as far as the Airy Airlines trips away. And it looks like he is planning to be in Australia in December to finish his seventh alphabet. He is, Mel. The the group actually run a spreadsheet with multiple alphabets and, uh, yeah, we're actually quite happy to be on that. So, yeah, no, he might turn up at Palm. Who knows? He could organise a trip over there. There has (laughs) been a bit of chatter on his Facebook page about organising a group to Palm. Excellent. Well, we would look forward to that. And thanks for being a listener to Andy. Now, we also had an email, Tony, from Martine Barrett, funnily enough, and she said, Hi, Mel, Ollie and team. I have a submission for the spreadsheet of events to note when touristing. The Rotary Duck Race, which takes place at Fawcett Park on the Richmond River in Ballina, New South Wales, near Ballina Coast Park Run. The annual event raises funds for various local charities. The event this year is taking place on the 10th of September. Members of the community can purchase a duck to enter the race. The local businesses can also enter ducks. The event involves duck racing, best dressed duck, food, games and entertainment. The community duck race also has prizes for first, second and third placed ducks and there is a trophy for the best dressed corporate duck. Funds raised this year benefit Our House, Sprung Integrated Dance Theatre and Byron Bay Wildlife Hospital. Looks as though it will be a really fun community event and I think it would be well worth checking out if you're in the area. And that was from Martine. Now, we spotted this talk as we walked down the main street. There was a window with a display of Jemima Puddle Ducks (laughs) all dressed up, all in different... um, you know, costumes and all sorts of things, and we realised we're a week too early for said race. This is why our Google Doc will be so important. And, Mel, I guess coming from Ainsbury Heritage Junior, where you have your puddle duck, um, this would have struck a little bit of a chord. Well, exactly. I was like, oh, my God, look at all the Jemimas in the window, and how disappointed to know that I was a week too early. I could have brought Jemima with me. I could have entered her. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I'm going to add that to our list, Martine, so thank you for writing in. Okay. Mel, this week at Dazza's, we had it's International Bacon Day. Dazza and the office lady reckon you're either a bacon lover or you're wrong. Come on in and tell us what you think, and please share your parkrun fun as well. And we had, I think, 180-odd comments, Mel. Wow. Not that all of them are odd comments but we had about 180 comments and a couple of my favorite ones as i went through this week um one from paul whelan the viking getting the job done as tourist number 77 for me at umbergong district and he had a, a picture of a shadow with the viking helmet on i thought that was pretty cool very good. And we also heard from Greg Garner. A bacon and egg muffin hit the spot after completing Wes Mitchell Park Park Run for the first time since it began. And there was a photo of Greg in the Wes Mitchell selfie frame. I believe it was event six, Tony. And is Greg not the ED? So he finally got a run. Yeah, look, it's great to see Greg getting a run after um, 
or for the sixth event. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to build that volunteer base, and hopefully Greg's got it up and running well, and Wes Mitchell's going along quite nicely. Following on from that, Mel, we had another parkrun where they had an anniversary this week. We had Sonia Polman. Delighted to be back where our parkrun story started. Happy 10th anniversary, Warwick Parkrun. I think there's eight years between their picks. And Sonia put in a, a collage of two photos a number of years apart with Sonia and Peter doing what I'm calling the Wizard of Oz style jump and a heel tap. So they're back to back and tapping heels about eight years apart between the photos. Yeah, that was a really good uh, replication. I was very impressed with that. And happy birthday, Warwick. Now, we heard from Jonathan Morgan who said, awesome, more, awesome, Morgan, <laughs> who said, awesome morning as park walker at Claysbrook Cove Parkrun. Joined the Peel Club, run a parkrun in every state and territory, and Ollie Volley Club, volunteer at a parkrun in every state and territory. Hmm, how topical. And there was a pic of Jonathan in the Claysbrook Cove selfie frame and congratulations to you. Well done, Jonathan. And Mel, I think you've stitched me up with this one, but I'm going to have a go at it anyway. <laughs> you chose them. You chose them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> We had Dan Baldwin. Dan's over in Japan at the moment. Um, so forgive me if I butcher this pronunciation, but Dan was at Yodagawa, Kasunkoen, Hirakata Chiku Parkrun for us and a photo of Dan in the selfie frame. And that could be pronounced several different ways, but uh, I reckon I had a good go. Yeah, that was a good effort. Top points for that. Now, we also heard from Maria Wicks, marshalling at Jersey Farm today with my dad ahead of a 10K race this evening. Does it include vegan bacon or, if not, avocado on toast instead, please? And, of course, we love our vegan bacon. And uh, no offence meant to all our vegan friends (laughs) for the post that does us this week because you can get faken on belief, can't you? You can, and I believe it actually tastes very, very similar to bacon. Yeah, so there you go. And there was a photo of Maria with a caution runner's sign. Not sure if it's a warning to the public to be cautious due to runners or runners to be cautious of Maria. Yeah, I really did enjoy that photo of Maria there, Mel. Now, uh, I think that seeing as you're on Ollie's desk, now he did tell me he tidied it up, so it should be obvious where the envelope is. Well, there is only three post-it notes on the whole desk, but I reckon by the time I leave, I'm going to put a few here just to confuse things. But <laughs> I've got the envelope here in front of me. Very good. And, I'd like to know who wins. And the winner is... Maria Wicks. Very good. Well done, Maria, all the way from Jersey Farm, which I assume is in the UK. Hooray. Well done, Maria. And I would like to know if which way that sign is to be interpreted. Maria, are you a scary person or not? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> I'm sure all our adventurers are the opposite of scary. They're all friendly, all <laughs> friendly and welcoming adventurers. Now, it is time for us to throw to Club Corner, so let's listen to what Rachel's got to tell us this week. This is Rachel with Club Corner, where we talk about the what and why of parkrun clubs, and I am coming to you from Aranda Country. 
Today I'm going to talk about two specific clubs, which we may all know about already, but I will talk about them anyway. In club corner number 8 we talked about regions, and now in club corner number 18 we will talk about the Peel Club and the Olive Olly Club. When Darwin Parkrun opened in the Northern Territory, it began the era of all states and territories in Australia hosting a parkrun. Now there was a proper thing to chase, winky face. The Peel Club is named after Brendan Peel, who was the first person to record a finish at a parkrun in all states and territories of Australia. And believe it or not, Darwin was not the last state or territory he needed for the achievement. From some innocent parkrun stat checking it appears that BP, I am calling BP, BP, cause I am hip with the cool kids, JBOL. So as I was saying, BP saved Queensland until last. That is, BP saved the best until last. Am I right, or am I right? The Olive Olly Club is named after Margie Olsen aka Margie Olive Olly Olsen, who was the first person to record a volunteer credit at a parkrun in all states and territories of Australia. Pretty self-explanatory really. You know, I am not sure why I picked this topic. Two clubs, two names, two people who did something first, and the two clubs are named after those two people, simples. And remember, in parkrun life, all non-milestone clubs are unofficial and unsupported by parkrun, so stay tuned for our future club corners. And we're back and uh, listening to Rachel there talking about the Peel and the Olive Oli clubs, Mel. I think there's a small mistake. I think our, our computer might need to be rebooted. For some reason... Rachel thinks that Queensland's the greatest state. Oh, she must have a glitch. She's got a glitch in her, I don't know, what do you call it? I'm, I'm going to say after the last three years, I'm not going to say she's got a virus. <laughs> okay, we'll give her a reboot, see if we can't uh, jolt her out of that rubbish. Anyway, <laughs> moving straight along, the Adventurers Consolidated Club report for Saturday the 2nd of September 2023. Of a total of 459 members, 353 took part on this date in nine countries across 188 locations. In the UK, there were adventurers at 26 events, three in Canada, two in South Africa and America, and one in Denmark, Austria and Sweden. Locally, we had adventurers at 41 in New South Wales, 36 in Queensland, 35 in Victoria, 13 in South Australia, 9 in WA, 7 on the North Island, 5 in ACT, 3 in Tassie and 2 on the South Island and 1 in the Northern Tree, which is a bowling strike. Now, internationally, our largest frond was 3 at Phillips Park in the UK with Callum Burrell, Callan, on you would get tongue twisted. Callum Burrell, Karen Hurrell, and Steve Milne. And well done to Callum on his camel cow. I don't know what relevance the camel has. Maybe Callum can write in and explain. But Toc, I also wanted to point out that last week I was a little bit excited about this newest launch in Canada at Millennium, and I did say who was going to get line honours as to be the first one to get there. Well. Let me tell you who it was. And it's not who I would have expected. It was Jack and Claire Corkle. Did you see? I did, Mel. And how are some of those photos? The Rockies in the background. Uh, just amazing. Oh, my God. Are you planning your trip yet? <laughs> <laughs> I think Canada's Canada and Japan are a close line ball for where I'd love to go to next. Ooh, yeah, yeah, me too. 
But where were our local fronds? Our locally, our largest frond was at North Wollongong, and I think Dazzers might have given that away um, <laughs> this week. There were 11 people there, including Beck Bailey, Bake, Stephen Bell Warwick, Scott Matthews, Sam and Luke Schroeder, Ingrid Botha, Galen Cooper, Sue Keen, and Michael Gentle. Very good. That is a big front. Yes, 11. That's good numbers. Now, there was quite a lot of launches around the world this week, and one of them was in Denmark in WA, and it was Wilson Inlet Heritage Trail. I got a little bit excited about that name because it's a heritage trail just like Ainsbury. There were 117 participants and 57 did their very first park run. That's a lot of first-timers. The course is an out-and-back starting on the Wilson Inlet Heritage Trail, and it runs to the, or it starts at the east of the Denmark River mouth footbridge so i guess the locals know where that is so another one for over there in wa another one for wa mel and there was another one launched in the uk at thorpe Perro. it's Beedale in North Yorkshire uk one of the things that struck me about this one is we quite often hear about fountains abbey well, this is a a new park run not too far from Fountains Abbey, so but it's a completely different option. Um, this week they had 143 participants at their launch with only one person doing their very first park run. Um, it's 35 miles north of Leeds and the course itself is a single anti-clockwise circuit of a private estate on a mix of trail and grass, um, but it actually looks like it is it is out in the, the bush a little bit um, mm-hmm. and the website says that it has a tea room with toilet facilities and an arboretum car park. Um, but you know, I just like the, the look of the course. It does look like it runs around through a bit of a a bit of a treat area in a few places. But, yeah, it looks like a, a trail-type park run, and we all know I love my trail park runs. Mm, very good. And there were five other launches in South Africa. So I outsourced this week and let's throw to Johan to give us the rundown. It was a very busy weekend in South Africa with no less than five events having their first runs this past weekend, the most we've had on one day ever. The events were all around the country and offer something for everybody's tastes. However, there was a distinct agricultural and irrigation feel to the launches with all of them around crop fields, orchards or close to dams. First off, in the north, we had Aviators Paradise Parkrun in the northwest province between Brits and Hartbeerspoort, a short hop from Gauteng. This one lapper starts and ends near the airfield and runs a sort of circular route around crop fields and along the irrigation canals. Moving further afield and to the centre of the country, Liebewald Farm Parkrun made a run for it alongside the Orange River in the Northern Cape province, a short distance from Van der Kloof Dam. The Orange is South Africa's largest river and Van der Kloof the second largest dam. The circular one-lap route starts at the Sandgat Caravan Park and takes you around crop fields with beautiful upper curve views and the dam wall in the distance. Next up in our agricultural tour, we moved south to Felskundrai Parkrun in the Western Cape near Clan William. The school starts at the Felskundrai farm stall and the one lapper follows a few twists and turns in between the citrus trees the area is so well known for, with views of the beautiful Cedarburg Mountains. Moving along to the Eastern Cape, 
parkrun is back in Tontre, previously known as King Williamstown near East London. Sadly, this is an opportunity missed, with this replacement for the KWT parkrun that closed down in the pandemic times, now launching as Pirates Sport Club parkrun, still leaving South African challenge chasers queueless. This is a two-lap course at the local sports club, run through local vegetation and passing a small dam. And lastly, further east, we have Hazelmere Dam Parkrun on the outskirts of the Greater Durban in KwaZulu-Natal. This parkrun traverses through indigenous forest and alongside the dam shoreline at the Hazelmere Dam Resort with another dam wall to enjoy. And maybe I should clarify, I have absolutely nothing against the dam walls. And thank you, Johan. Thank you for your dad joke at the end. And thank you for doing all those pronunciations for me. And Mel, I'm really happy to uh, have Johan do those pronunciations because I actually put one of those into pronunciation search and it was struggling as well. So it's not just us. (laughs) (laughs) But we've also got some more audio coming up now. The next thing on our run sheet is to talk about streaking, Tony. And we're, we're just reaching that point where people are starting to jump into the streaky September. You've sort of had a couple of days now. We're four days in. People are saying, what's this all about? Hopefully, it starts to become a bit of a habit. And that's the idea behind it is once you do something for long enough, it becomes a habit. And one of the people that should be able to give us some really great clues on how to do that and some really good advice, is Pippa. Pippa's about four years into her streak now. She is. She is our streakmeister. So let's have a listen to what she's got to tell us this week. Hi, Parkland Adventurers. And it's September and we're started. And I hope you're having fun getting going with your streaks each day. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And I've had one late extra walk because my challenge for myself this month was to do my extra two kilometres at some point in the afternoon, no matter what. And one of those was done at 10 o'clock at night because I'd almost got there, but hadn't quite. Anyway, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, Streaky September is our collective run, walk cycle or swim activity in September. So it's two kilometres if you're on two feet, a little bit less uh, if you're in a pool or in the sea, a little bit more if you're on two wheels. Or perhaps it's yoga or Pilates or another activity that you are committing to do this month. It's about fun and it's about being accountable to each other. So come into the Facebook group and say hi and tell us what you're up to. I run for lots and lots of reasons. Uh, One of them is because it's a time where I get out and I can clear my head and do something which I have to concentrate on for maybe half an hour, an hour or whatever. Sometimes, and so I was reminded about this last year and a little bit this year, we can get very focused on the actual, the doing the run or the steps that have been done or um, the time that you're out for or an exercise or, or other anxieties that come into our heads. And for that, I would like to thank Val Warwick for reminding me about the joy of having uh, something else to focus on. So her challenge is to look for the number, uh, a number that relates to the day. And I'm finding this a very humbling and very good way to stop me worrying about bits and pieces in life. So 
for today, I'm going to go out to find my new number and they're going to post a picture of it in the group. And it's making my runs and my walks a lot more fun because I'm looking for that number. I'm looking for that special number. I'm looking for it as a standalone one, two, three, four, whatever, so that I can post it and show. And that's making me really happy. And it's making me happy to see other people. And it's stopping me worrying about other things in life. Isn't the joy of doing something collectively, listening to the advice from other people in a group. So happy streaking, have fun, relax, and come in and tell us all about it. As I've said in the group, we are significantly more bonkers than you in the group already. So you're going to fit right in. Happy streaking. Great tips there from Pippa Mel. Um, makes me want to get out and run, except it's raining outside and I'm not going to, but I believe you still have your top-up streak to do. So I do. Hopefully it's a bit drier where you are. It isn't. It's it started raining since we started recording and I got a drippy downpipe. So it looks like I'll be rugging up, putting the jacket on and getting the umbrella out because I'm determined I'm going to stick to my streak this week or this month. Excellent. Uh, the good thing about going out at night is that there's no magpies to worry about. It does help. Mm. But uh, let's look forward to next Park Run Day talk. Where will you be? Now, you know, I have a love for cake. I have <laughs> a love for parties and I have a love for bright stuff. People that know me know I don't wear black. I wear bright. Inverloch this week, greatest place much better than Shell Harbour. Inverloch this week are having our ninth anniversary and it's a dress to glow type theme uh, with cake. So I'm going to be in seventh heaven, Mel, at Inverloch's ninth anniversary. Happy birthday, Invy! Hooray! That's exciting. And I am assured it's going to be sunny at Inverloch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what your sunny means. <laughs> it's guaranteed to be sunny either above the clouds or below. <laughs> well, hopefully it's above the clouds because at the moment it's uh, well and truly not sunny outside. Mm. What about you, Mel? Have you got plans yet this week or is it still on the um, waiting for the dart to throw at the dartboard? <laughs> oh, let's just say there are some plans afoot, but I'm not quite ready to divulge. So I might keep that under my hat and uh, – I might have to fess up on Friday in the Office Ladies Friday post. Okay, Mel, we um, really look forward to hearing whatever adventure that may be. Yes, but that's it for this week. Thanks for joining me again, Talk. It was good to catch up. And as always, everybody, you can contact us via Parkrun Adventurers on Facebook or our email, which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. That's it for another week, and we'll see you all next week for more adventures.